Hi, I'm Clara, and this is the Practice with Clara podcast, where we dive into philosophy and all things yoga related, which has been my passion for the last 20 years. This week's episode is about travel, the shift in perspective that we gain from it, poses to do after travel, and a couple of my hacks that I've learned on the road. I hope you enjoy the episode, and if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Practice with Clara podcast. You're sitting with Stephanie and Clara for today's episode on the travel series. So we're shifting out of the chakra series and spending this week all things related to travel. Yay. So I thought we'd open, Clara, asking you uh, what your relationship has been to travel this summer, considering a new baby on board and some of the social distancing um, precautions that we're, we're sitting in. So uh, just a bit of a backstory, if uh, you didn't know this about me before, but probably for the last almost two decades, I've been traveling probably between three to six months of the year at least. And I would say in the last year, I've, uh, I've really cut that down to maybe, maybe a month and a half, two months total. And then since uh, having Carmen, my baby, in April, there's been zero travel. So it's been, um, it's been an interesting shift for me because I usually, every couple of months, I, I get back, I pack my bag and I get back on the road. So uh, I had already planned pre-COVID to not be traveling for the next six or eight months. And then I'm, I was actually supposed to start traveling again in this, uh, November, I'm supposed to head over to Switzerland and teach a teacher training. Uh, but we've decided to cancel it because we just have no idea what's going to happen in terms of COVID. Yay! Or not yay. Uh, er, is what I mean to say. <laughs> um, so uh, going back to this question in terms of how travel has shifted for me is that there has been zero travel. And so the only traveling I've been doing is to the office and back, where Steph is actually right now. And then also for a walk every day with, uh, with Carmen and my husband Alejandro. So it's been interesting because both Alejandro and I are big travelers and um, we were planning on being away all of next winter. But again, due to uh, the pandemic, we're definitely, I think, going to be laying low and staying here. One of the my favorite things about traveling is the shift of perspective, like getting out of it's kind of like a retreat in and of itself, because when you have time away from your everyday life, you're able to reflect on the everyday life. And I have been just in the everyday life, which has been a different shift, shift of perspective because almost feels like Groundhog Day for me as of right now. Um, so that was a long story short, but that's my answer. And then Steph, how about you? You, I feel like also had quite a bit of travel plans this summer. And yeah. So um yeah, I actually booked a flight to go to my partner's family back home in Nova Scotia, and our flights were canceled. Also planning on going away next year to somewhere warm for the holidays, and I don't think it's going to happen. So um, it's been interesting being a little bit more situated in the same place I feel sometimes that I start going a little bit stir crazy so having different things that I do to kind of break me out of the routine and that is something and you brought it up Clara in shifting the perspective because that's something you do in your classes in terms of you've called it moving the assemblage point to get people to think outside of their norm 
the everyday context that we get stuck in that rut. So given that we're all in this uh, situation, not really traveling far past the you know, boundaries of our own province perhaps, how do you do that in your day-to-day for yourself right now? Or how do you create that type of a landscape for people with your yoga classes in terms of moving the assemblage points and maybe explain even what that is? Yeah, so that moving the assemblage point is actually a term um, that Carlos Castaneda uses in the Don Juan books, the teachings of Don Juan, uh, one of my dad's favorite series of books. Um, uh, you get to listen to him on the on a couple of our podcasts if you haven't already. He's a very interesting man. Um, so Carlos Castaneda writes about um, his experience with the shaman named Don Juan. And so they are essentially are, he's teaching him how to be a sage and how you do that is you have to shift your perspective so that the reality that we see that is quote unquote just black and white is shifted when uh so that we can see more of the gray essentially and you can see the magic you can see the energy you can see uh that which is not um tangible okay and that's shifting your assemblage point and so i think i used that term a, a little while back and what we would call that in yoga is essentially yoga right it'd be the idea of of creating union or connecting to something that is greater than who we think we are and that's shifting the assemblage point so how do we do that we do that through the practice of asana uh, we do that through the practice of meditation other ways that don juan talks about it is like extreme situations so um not to get dark but like car accidents or you know like a big breakup divorce like things that essentially kind of shake your everyday move your assemblage point uh death would be another one birth would be another one like witnessing either of those two things will definitely shift your assemblage point and so um and i feel like traveling will do that especially if you go to an area that you've never been before and so you've gone to a culture that's very different than your own then i find that generally your assemblage point has shifted so how do we do that in well what I feel like I'm experiencing right now, the groundhog day of like not going anywhere except within, you know, 15 miles if that of where you live or where I live. And so um, the, I haven't, I don't, I haven't been doing it as often. I haven't been able to do a practice as often just because um, my child is like four months old and I feel like I'm just trying to figure, she's trying to figure herself out as am I. And so uh, yesterday I actually had a moment where it was like just too much. And I handed the baby over to my husband and I sat down, closed my eyes and I shifted my assemblage point. And how I did that is I took a lot of really deep breaths and I envisioned my energy kind of going into the center of me and allowing everything else to dissolve around this center point so that I could remember um, my connection to something that is greater than myself. And I needed that in that moment because I was feeling, I was just feeling very frustrated and overwhelmed. Carmen's going through a growth spurt right now. So she's just very uncomfortable. So there's a lot of screaming, Mm -hmm. um, like sudden screaming. And uh, my nervous system was like, so um, I closed, yeah, I handed over the baby. They, I stepped into a different room and I like just took a moment, took some deep breaths and allowed my awareness to actually go close, 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 right into the center of me and kind of allowed 
my body and everything else to kind of dissolve away just for a little bit. So that when I opened my eyes, I felt, I feel actually a sense of expansion, even though I'm contracting energetically. Um, and so that would be, <laughs> that would be something that you can do anytime, anytime, anywhere. Um, so the idea of that is to slowly, 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 just uh, with your eyes closed and vision that you're getting smaller, 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 smaller until you connect to your center point and wherever that is. And um, a lot of martial arts traditions, it would be um, the one point, which is your belly button. For some people, it's the heart center. For me, it's kind of a space in between the heart and the belly button. And it's not a physical place in my body, but but an energetic place, meaning a, I envision I'm going into kind of a dark hole. So that's, that would be, that's what I'm, that's the work that I'm actually doing right now in my own life. Uh, but other ways of doing it in a totally different side of the spectrum is to go outside and ideally go into a space that ha go into a place that has a lot of open space, like a field or, um, you know, right by the ocean, somewhere where there's a lot of space and then actually allowing your eyes to get lost in up and out, meaning looking up and out. And I find that that helps me, especially when I have, you know, the blinders on and all I can see is directly what's in front of me that allows you to expand. So two exercises, super different from each other, but kind of doing the same thing. And then I, I bring the, the question over to you, Steph, like, what are you doing these days that are allowing you to shift your, your assemblage point, meaning to shift your perspective? Well, I think something that I realized um, in terms of just the last couple of months and being a little bit more uh, stationary, I guess you would say, is how I use travel as a source of inspiration and almost escapism when I'm frustrated mm -hmm. with, with my current mm -hmm. surroundings. So that's been interesting is to kind of evaluate like, what am I trying to move away from? Is it something that I can address and work through? Or is it something that I need to let go? So it's kind of, helping me examine, I guess, boundaries. Um, and a way that I've mediated it is through uh, reading about travel, reading stories, watching different films, and kind yeah. of tapping into a, a different way of traveling and not a physical space, but more mental, going into different uh, mental constructs that kind of take me out of uh, whatever it is I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring up the question uh, that I'd love us both to answer is uh, when you travel, what are the five things that you bring with you always? Cool. That's that's also so you, I was going to ask you. Oh, OK, great. Yeah, this is perfect. OK, um, I'll go first so that you have a minute, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. OK, um, so I feel so I I'm all about I'm all about trying to minimize how much I take with me when I travel. I still carry, I feel like quite a bit, um, but I'm always like, my, my end goal is always like, how can I have less while I travel? Because you got to lug it around with you depending yeah. on what kind of travel you're doing. So one of the, one of the travel hacks that I absolutely love, I haven't done it in a while, but I was doing, I did it uh, like last time I was backpacking or not backpacking, traveling around Europe when I was teaching is I only brought three colors of clothes. I brought black, white, and gray. And the reason being is that 
especially like I, I always try to travel with just seven days worth of clothes if that so then you do laundry all the time but because I always want to travel with a carry-on mm. and so when I traveled black white and gray everything matches because what was happening before is like by day five you're like okay what kind of outfit am I going to put together today and I have to travel with yoga clothes generally and then what I call civilian clothes like regular clothes so I made everything black white and gray and then that way it was like outfits could be reused and everything matched. So I would say that is hack number one that I found really, really helpful for me. I feel like the other thing that I travel with always is I travel with what I call a travel pouch. And within that travel pouch, it's called, it's like my, it's called airplane spa airplane, my airplane spa. So what I have in this travel pouch is chapstick, of course, hair elastic, and then a um, couple of essential oils. So immune from sage is one of my favorites. As soon as I get on an airplane, I mean, who knows these days, but when I used to get on an airplane, put on immune everywhere. A, it gets rid of the smells that might be happening around you. And B, it also helps boost immunity, right? And then another essential oil I like to put in there is one that usually um, is called uh, Breathe Easy. And that one is just great for underneath the nose. Sometimes I get it's so dry and your nose gets so congested. This is a great one. And then um, earplugs, mm -hmm. eye mask, so that you can do some sleeping. A couple of pills of melatonin so that I can pass out uh, when I get, I don't like sleeping on airplanes anymore because it kills my neck. But as soon as I get to wherever I'm going, I try to always travel uh, so that I arrive somewhere at night is another thing. I always try to arrive at night, then I take a couple of melatonins, pass out, and hopefully, you know, skip the jet lag. That's like the vision is, can I skip the jet lag? So um, those things. And then another one is uh, a lipstick so that you can kind of freshen up and a couple of mints. So all of those things kind of make my airplane experience a lot nicer. So I have that little pouch that I bring with me. And then I also have um, two sets of headphones. I have like noise canceling ones and then I have little earbud ones depending upon what you're going to do so those are those are the things and then my last hack is I always bring enough snacks for like a day and a half because I can't tell you how many times I've woken up at four in the morning starving wherever you are and you can't nothing's open because I feel like wherever I seem to be in the world nothing's open at 4 a.m and you want to eat your own stomach and you're eating like whatever's in the mini bars so always travel with lots of snacks so those are my things. How about you, Steph? What do you always travel with? Snacks is one of mine. I'm taking that as well. I learned that the hard way when I went to India and I ended up eating these weird cookies and nuts oh, yeah. at like 4 a.m. and yeah. my stomach was upset. It was just not a good scene. Um, so when I travel, I always buy a collection of short stories by whatever author I love. So then I have something that's pretty varied and like, thick like I usually get a big book I love reading even though I use my um Kobo I love a hard book just in yeah, case you're out of service or something dies um I always have a sheet that can be used either to cover where I'm sleeping if it's like gnarly or as a towel or at the beach like a thin sheet that I roll up really small good to go um so book sheet snacks I have a pair of sandals that function as like really great walking shoes, but they're also chic, so they can like transition into like a nightlife scene if I need them to. Yeah, good one. Um, and just in terms of dressing up, I always bring lots of jewelry because it's so easy to 
kind of spice something up with like big earrings or like scrunchies and you can kind of pack it down into um, like a small little pouch. I'm the same. I hate carrying a lot. And I learned, I went to London and brought so much stuff. It was awful. I was like 19, first big trip, and I'll never do that again. Mm -hmm. Whatever you can carry Mm -hmm. on your back is like the way to go. Yes. So those would be my top, my top things to travel around. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you, Clara, so in the, the travel series, which is the featured playlist this week, what are some of your go-to poses that you would either recommend to listeners to stretch out their body or that you do for yourself as a grounding practice or to get rid of all the kinks after being, you know, crammed on a train or a plane for hours and hours? I find that, especially if you check out our travel series um, in terms of the playlist, it's actually varied. And I, I, I gave a variety of different kinds of classes because at least for my body, depending upon if I've been on an airplane, if I've been in a car, been in a train or like what kind of travel I've done and how long, I actually need different things. Um, but a couple of definite go-tos that I do regardless of what kind of travel or how long is usually one of the first things I do when I get somewhere is Vibrita Karani. So I go to my hotel room, I put my bum on the wall, legs up the wall, and ideally it's on the bed. Uh, I move all the pillows over to the side, put my butt against the wall, legs up the wall. And the idea of that is just allowing the blood to kind of shift because you've been generally you're sitting in whatever kind of travel you're doing. And so um, all the blood's been kind of pooling down in the bottom of the legs. So flipping flipping your legs upside down really helps to draw the blood. It kind of takes some of the pressure out. Uh, And especially if you've been flying for, like I seem to always fly at least 12 hours, it feels like. Um, and so I get kind of very swollen in my ankles and my feet. And so that's a great way to, to kind of drain all of that. So Viparita Karani would be one of them. Another big one for me is always a lot of outer hip opening and hip flexor opening. So uh, outer butt and front of the pelvis and groin area are the, the ones that I need to target, especially again for sitting long periods of time. So recline spinal twist, um, wind release pose ideally on a block bolster or whatever I've got in the hotel room, which is sometimes a couple of pillows from the couch kind of thing in terms of firmness. Uh, Pigeon pose or double pigeon cow face would be other ones. And then I love to do some sort of heart opener. So I usually like put pillows uh, underneath, like ideally I find a lot of hotel rooms have those have long thin pillows on the couch or those are the, like the chamois ones for the bed. So I'll put that underneath, I'll kind of work that as a bolster and so that I can open up my chest. And so those would definitely be um, some of my go-tos. The other part about the practice, at least for me, that I need is if it's early in the morning when I land somewhere, I wanna do sun salutations, I kinda of wanna get the blood flowing. And so that's why you'll notice some of the uh, travel classes are a bit more flowy. And then if I'm arriving at night, I wanna do more of like a, a hatha slash restorative yin kind of practice to kind of ground before I go to sleep. But I definitely try to practice as soon as I get to my hotel just to be like, hello body, welcome back to yeah. uh, this, or welcome to this new time zone, what are we gonna do here? and then chugging a ton of water. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, Steph, is there any go-tos that you do before you, uh, or when you arrive somewhere? Legs up the wall. 
I usually need to to ground just for my mental sanity after mm-hmm. being in transit and especially with lots of different people and things going on and interactions to come into a space and kind of ground and close my eyes and get quiet for a minute is usually pretty pretty key. Yeah. Great. So one more question in terms of our um, travel series for this talk. What is a habit or routine or something that you do for yourself when you're traveling to kind of land in your own rhythm or routine? Or do you kind of wipe the slates and just adapt to whatever situation that you're in? It depends on how long I'm going to be wherever it is that I'm going to be and whether or not I'm in a hotel or an Airbnb. So if I'm in an Airbnb, that means I'm probably going to be there for more than three days. I like to go grocery shopping right away. There's something that's really grounding about grocery shopping that I feel like, okay, like I'm here and this is like a regular practice that I do at home. And it's always fun to see like where people like, you know, and I always buy breakfast things. I don't, I generally don't cook all my meals when I'm away, but I always cook breakfast because I'm very particular about what I want for breakfast. And especially Mm. these last couple of times I've been in Europe, uh, people don't eat eggs for breakfast in a lot of places in Europe. And I need eggs every single day. First thing in the morning, eggs and veggies is like my go-to. So I've found that I usually make breakfast. What do they eat in Europe for breakfast? Bread, a lot of bread. Okay. A lot of bread and coffee, which is like not my idea of a good time. I love bread, but I like bread a little bit later in the day. I need like some protein and some veggies first thing in the morning. And that also kind of gets things moving for me, which is really important. Um, if I'm in a hotel room, I, the first thing I always do is unpack. And then the second thing I like to do is take a shower or a bath. If I have the option to take a bath, really good to be in a body of water. Um, it's really good for your body to be in a body of water or to shower because it helps actually, um, alleviate some of the, when you move it, they say, it say that it, however many time zones you move through, it takes you that many days for your body to arrive which I think is so interesting and a great way to kind of ground quicker is to take a shower or bath and, or to put your feet on some soil, like to put your feet on the ground. So that would be another thing to do, like go out into the park or whatever and kind of feel the actual earth. Yeah. Cause you were in Europe for a whole month last summer, right? You went to, yeah, I've been going to Europe every year for at least a month. And where all did you go in your trip last summer? Oh, that was a big trip. Last summer, last summer was too intense. I traveled every four days, which was kind of a little too much for me. I won't do that again. I thought it was kind of exciting, but I was like, I am not 20 anymore. This is not exciting anymore. Um, so where did I go? Uh, I went to Dublin. I went to a city outside of Dublin for a couple of days. I was in Copenhagen. I was in Barcelona. I was in the French Alps. Uh, then I was in Southern Italy and then Southern France, because they're very close to each other. Uh, I was in Paris for a couple of days. Uh, I was in Scotland, I was in Edinburgh. And was this all teaching? Because you taught at several different, Yes, right? I taught it. I taught about half those places and the other places I just wanted to travel to. Like every time I'm in Europe, I always go to Barcelona. It's my favorite city in Europe. And so I always try to spend time there and there's, it's usually sunny and warm, which is also helpful. Um, yeah. What do you love about Barcelona? I think the first thing that comes to mind is the street art. I love street art. 
Um, so graffiti um, along with like wheat pastings and things like that. And the street art in Barcelona is amazing. It's beautiful. And I always stay in Los Ramblas, which is uh, a super touristy part of town, but it's so beautiful because it's all these tiny little um, alleyways. And um, the food, uh, the first time I went to Barcelona was 2002 and being a vegetarian then was kind of hard, but now it's not. There's tons of great vegetarian places and tapa places. And so, um, yeah, I love I love the food there. I love the art. Um, Miro is one of my favorite painters, and they have a museum for him. And the museum is really cool. It's kind of up on a hill, so I always go there. The Picasso Museum. I've actually oh, I went to last time I was there. I love Picasso, but like it's always like super packed there, so I generally don't go. And then the other part is that you can walk to the beach. Roslam. Los Ramblas. Oof, I'm having a hard time. And there's a Jivamukti yoga studio. So I also went there cool. and actually ran into a friend from New York, which was kind of fun. And so there's a little bit of everything, which I like about Barcelona specifically. You, cool. your favorite city in Europe? Probably Berlin, but I've not. Oh, uh, Berlin's great. Yeah. Street art in Berlin's amazing. And tons of different yoga studios. There was a ton of like Jivamukti, uh, Iyengar, Ashtanga, or yeah, Ashtanga. Right. Another little place that had like Vinyasa Hatha style. So, and then the flea markets. Like every yes. time I go to Berlin, I wish I could just like shop in all their flea markets and ship it all home, mm. but it doesn't work like that. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Cool. Well, that's. That's uh, time for this series of the uh, travel playlist. So thank you, Clara. Yes, so I'm just gonna put it out to the community of, um, I know that right now we can't travel, so we have to be patient, but we can always travel a couple of different ways. Steph said it so beautifully, reading travel logs or reading novels about different places, I feel like is a great way to actually be somewhere else without it. Another great way is through travel shows, like. Chef's Table is one of my favorites to to, uh, to watch. And so it takes you to different places, different foods and what have you. And then um, continue to shift your perspective even if you can't travel through, of course, your practice, the obvious ones and then the ones that I just, that we just mentioned um, through the through the one. Um, if you have any travel hacks, we love sharing those. Mm -hmm. And so if you do have any travel hacks, things that you like have really have changed the way that you travel, we'd love you to post them on the Practice with Clara Facebook community page. And um, maybe Steph will show um, for this week, she'll post, she'll post on there like travel yeah. hacks. And then we'd love to hear yours because I'm always looking for new ones. So once we get on the road, especially if you're a parent, I'd love to hear some of your parent travel hacks because oh. this one's going to be a new one for me yeah so staff thank you so oh. much for um taking the time to chat with me and for our listeners thanks for joining us and uh yeah we'll see you next week thank you thank you for joining us today on the podcast today's podcast was brought to you by the practice with clara app that's mine. I've created almost 100 yoga classes for you to do at home or on the go. And they're available to you on your favorite device, including mobile, desktop, and TV. These classes include vinyasa, slow flow, hatha, restorative, yin, mantra, meditation. I also just had a baby, so I created prenatal yoga for all four trimesters. So head over to clararobertsoss.com join to learn more. Or search for the Practice with Clara app at your favorite app store. There's a seven day free trial, so no commitment. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We've got lots of good stuff in store for you. Until next time, namaste.